Welcome to the First United Methodist Church. We hope our sermon broadcast will bless you. Our scripture reading this morning comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 13. Now concerning food sacrifice to idols, we know that all of us possesses knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Anyone who claims to know something does not yet have the necessary knowledge, but anyone who loves God is known by him. Hence, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that no idol in the world really exists, and that there is no God but one. Indeed, even though there may be so-called gods in heaven and on earth, as in fact there are many gods and many lords, Yet for us, there is one God, the Father, from whom all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. It is not everyone, however, who has this knowledge. Since some have become so accustomed to idols until now, they still think of the food they eat as food offered to an idol and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not bring us close to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat, and no better off if we do. But take care that this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if others see you, who possess knowledge, eating in the temple of an idol, might they not, since their conscience is weak, be encouraged to the point of eating food sacrificed to idols. So by your knowledge, those weak believers from whom Jesus Christ died are destroyed. But when you thus sin against members of your family and wound their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food is a cause of their falling, I will never eat meat so that I will not cause one of them to fall. The word of God for the people of God. Let us be in an attitude of prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Paul was very well educated. And what makes matters worse is he was also pretty bright. Now, there are occasions when Paul actually confuses the issue as he's trying to clarify it. You ever met somebody like that? They become, they're so smart that as soon as they start explaining something, they make it even more confusing. That's the case here with Paul in 1 Corinthians. See, the city of Corinth was a very cosmopolitan place. It had all different kinds of individuals. All its mixing pot of cultures and traditions and religions. And one of those was the Greeks and the Jews that had become Christians. And a lot of them had taken their 
pre-Christian notions with them. And one of the big things was, especially in the Jewish tradition, what you could eat and what you couldn't. Nowadays, we refer to that as keeping kosher. But it was a bit of a holdover. Obviously, not everybody adhered to that. The Greeks had never heard of it, so they basically said, huh? But the Jewish Christians held on to those notions, and they were grounded in good thinking. I mean, the dietary laws of the Old Testament basically existed to promote health and strength. You didn't eat certain things because if you did, you had this tendency to get sick, and if you got sick, it didn't help, and so on and so forth. But in order for people to accept that, to accept that food that you prepare yourself in the home, following good Jewish rules, was the best kind of food to eat was far better than food prepared by somebody else who had been offered to an idol. Kind of puts a damper on potlucks, but, you know, we'll go with it. Paul was trying to address this because Paul was intelligent enough to know that food well prepared, regardless of who was doing it, could be consumed, could be enjoyed could be shared. Okay, we're back to potlucks. No. So he tried to explain his understanding that there was a broader base of appropriate foods that could be consumed. And his premise was, frankly, there is no such thing as an idol because there is no such thing as gods except for the one God. It's a fiction. Some people may believe it, but frankly, we know better. There is just one God. The problem is, the more he tried to explain this, the more he wanted to include an exception. And the exception was dealing with those same smart people the same kind of person he is, who has this tendency, the more they explain something, the more they get it confused. Because he knew that sometimes smart people can say things and reason things in such a way that those who aren't quite as sharp might take it the wrong way. And for them, eating food that they have perceived has been given to an idol could cause them a crisis of faith. A crisis that they really shouldn't have to deal with. So are you confused yet? I am. Let's suffice it to say, Paul's general tenor in this passage is, 
everything's okay to eat, but if someone sees you eating something that they think you shouldn't, don't. Because it's better for you to go without, to go without something to eat, than it is for someone else to go without God. In other words, love trumps being smart. You know, I've had this conversation before, and I got to tell you, I've talked about my mom before, and I'm going to talk about her again. She died in 97, so I don't think she's coming back to get me, and frankly, if she did, I'd enjoy it, but... My mother was a person of very sincere faith. She was a committed Christian. She was a loving person. And over time, I watched her faith grow, but it was always great. Toward the latter part of her life, she developed some theological perspectives that I really... Uh, frankly, she and I had conversations because I couldn't swallow them. And it's kind of like this food thing. My mother had a faith that basically told her that God and she had this really tight relationship. So tight that God was concerned about every minor idiotic obstacle in her life, or what, at least what she perceived to be an obstacle. The one she and I kept going back and forth on were parking spaces. <laughs> My mother would always give thanks to God whenever she found a parking space. And the reason she did that was because it was God that gave her that space. God knew she was stressing over where she was going to park. So God chose the space. God cleared the space. God guided her to the space and said, here, here you go. And that's about the way she presented it. And I said, Mom, I think, not saying that God couldn't, but I'm not sure God really goes to that much effort. God's not going to push somebody out of a parking space just so you can have it. I'm sorry, it doesn't work with my theology. Anyway, so it was kind of a back and forth kind of thing. and It eventually became a joke. Even today, when Lisa and I find a parking space, we give thanks to Roberta, because we're sure, we're sure that she intervened with God so that we could have that space. Thanks, Mom. But I never really pushed it. We would kid back and forth, and she was convinced I was wrong. I knew she was. But I knew enough not to make a big deal out of it. 
You see, she knew that I'd been to seminary and done a lot of reflection and thinking and yada, 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 yada. And she had a great admiration for what I had accomplished. Me, not so much, but she did. She was so proud. And I don't know. She still had these ideas. And it's kind of like what Paul was saying. It was more important for me to let her have her understanding, not to mess with her faith, not to mess with her beliefs. They weren't hurting anybody. If anything, they were enhancing her relationship with God and with the people in her church. They thought she was a saint too. But I could have argued it. I could have made my points from a point of scholarship and theological understanding. But there are times, even though we have that ability, we should really hold back, refrain, keep ourselves from engaging in those kinds of debate. Because after all, what do they accomplish? Her idea that God cleared somebody out so she could have that particular parking space was reasonably harmless. She felt blessed by God in the belief, and I felt blessed by God for her in my life. So we gave thanks to Roberta for the parking spaces we got because we were sure that it was through her divine intervention with God that we get them. And I would report that to her. Mom, you should have seen the space we got just the other day. It was just three blocks from where... No, never mind. But that's the whole point of this text. People may believe things differently than you. You, in your own mind at least, may think you know better. But what is, what is the gain if you confront them with your version and challenge their own? Sometimes the issue is significant enough that that becomes necessary. Sometimes it has to do with a person's own identity and who they are. Sometimes it deals with a group of people condemning somebody else because they have a different idea. But for a parking space? For a plate of food that has questionable origins? 
Love is what's important. And knowing how to love and finding ways to express it is what we are called to do. Besides that, I am always reminded of one reality. I might be wrong. I'm not kidding. I work out a lot of things. But I also remember that possibility. Because believe it or not, I've been wrong before. Then again, I see that and acknowledge that and say, gee, I've grown. Some things need to be made an issue of. Some things don't. Be careful what you choose to make an issue of and ask yourself, is it really worth it? May God grant us wisdom and may God grant us courage. Thanks be to God. Amen.